Welcome to Ma's Garage. I'm Kev. I'm Crick. And I'm Smokey. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about temptations and moderation. So grab a log and join us by the fire. How often do you guys have that inner dialogue with yourself to not do something only to find yourself telling it to F off later and doing it anyway, even though you know it's bad for you (laughs) or you shouldn't do it? That's... That's something that I've honestly was talking about to myself today. And we had a little bit of conversation about this last night is do it all the time. Like I know better constantly, but make excuses to myself why I don't have to listen to it or why this is the exception to the rule. And I was honestly thinking about putting a sign that like, no going back this time, no dropping back. Like I, I know the mentality I want to have. And we even talked about this last night is like we have this conversation all the time same conversation yeah just just focus on what you want to do stop falling back on it stop making excuses and yet we catch ourselves back in that same place eventually it hits a point that once you're about to cave into that temptation you've already given yourself a litany a list of excuse of your justifications for your excuses like i deserve this i was able to do this 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 i earned this Mm-hmm. And then you cave. Yep. And that's what yeah. it is. It's we've talked about this before. We're so quick to talk ourselves out of doing things we want to do, but we find all the reasons to justify the things we shouldn't do. Yeah. It's, it's because, it almost seems like insanity. And because we're an adult and we can do it because we're an adult. Yeah. That might be part of it. Yeah. Nobody it's can for- tell us not to anymore. Exactly. We're not kids. Even our parents try to tell us things and we're like, huh? I'm not a kid anymore. Like I have an opinion about that. That's where I feel like it's, I don't know what the difference is, but like addiction or bad habits. It's, it's a, a bad habit we've created of either rewarding ourselves for simple things that we should already just be doing. Or it's like you do a little bit of something that makes you feel productive. And then you're like, okay, well now I can have a snack or now I can, dick off for the rest of the day and it's like why why you have so much other stuff that you want to do why because you got one thing done now it's acceptable just to not do anything else it's very similar to like the sacrifice and reward model i know that a, a friend of mine it just made me think of an instance that uh she was studying and she was at ihop she would read like three pages of the reading that she needed to do and then eat a pancake. And then she'd read another three or five pages and then eat another pancake. (laughs) That way she wasn't just eating all the, all the pancakes and doing none of the reading. She was getting the reading done. And there's a lot worse things you could reward yourself with. Right. Like I read three pages. I'm going to go, I don't know, smoke a cigarette or go buy a pack of smokes for it. Right. Well, the thing is, though, too, is you're the one who's making those different goals. So a lot of times it'll be like, all right, I'm going to read three pages and take a pan- eat a pancake. Well, that's like two and a half pages, but that was two and a half harder pages. So now I can have a pancake. Well, that was only two pages. So now that's fine. And it's soon you it becomes less rules. And less. Yes. This page had way more words than the last page. The last page had a picture on. Right. Probably like, Ooh, this one had two pages that were pictures only. <laughs> really scored on this one. we we justify it to ourselves in so many ways and that's something that where i was really glad that you picked this topic is that i'm trying to i realized recently how much weight i've gained like i haven't looked at the scale in a while and i'm up to like 263 which is a lot for me normally i bounce it's still around significantly like, less than what you used to be i mean you still should be proud of where you are that's true but i used to bounce around like 222 30 and the thing is is What I see is when I see 263 on the scale is like, that's a perpetual cycle towards back to where I used to be. Yeah. Especially coming from the two twenties. I didn't realize you were at that point. That's just a hair above where I'm at. Right. And what I realized is what I've been doing is, you know, calories in versus calories out. I'm trying to exercise more and I'm trying to actually pay attention to what I eat and track what I eat. But what I found out is there's this little voice in my head when I was tracking, what I would eat, that'd be like, Oh, well, 
if you don't, you know, that's just one extra chip. That doesn't matter if you track that, or that's just one extra thing. Like that doesn't matter. Like my body's chemistry doesn't understand that calculation. My body's chemistry doesn't accept the cheating like that. I can lie to myself all I want. That doesn't stop me from attaining the goal that I want for myself. Right. It's shooting myself in the foot. See, my roommate will do that to a T. He will look up what a portion of what it is that he made and he'll cut it into portions Mm -hmm. and he will, he does a really good job at food prepping. It's something that I've been trying to observe more. That's huge. I've realized in, in adulthood, it makes, it makes a huge, yourself. huge difference. It does. And especially cause you're not just going out and buying crap right. at fast food places or restaurants per se all the time. I mean, eating at a restaurant, yes, it's good, but it's not as good as making your own ingredients in your own kitchen. Yeah. And honestly, you can make the in same thing for like half the calories. Right. Most of the time you go to a restaurant, you're going to, pay for that markup, but you go to the restaurant, sometimes they have the ingredients that you don't necessarily have at home. I remember right. that a, a rule of thumb. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was my dad that told me or some other father figure in my childhood, but they said that you should never order something at a restaurant that you can make at your home. Yeah. Maybe if you have the ingredients right now, or just that you're capable of it, that you're capable of it. Okay. I I guess <clears throat> I think the instance was um like ordering ordering like mac and cheese or something at a oh, restaurant yeah. when you can make that at home. Right. Like, like yes, some quick. some the restaurants have some really really good mac and cheese and you I guess I would say it's acceptable to get it as a side but I guess not as like a full entree, you know. Right. Unless it's a kids menu, right? Right, yeah. right. Because kids go, I've kids go crazy for mac and cheese. Yeah. I've been told. The trick a lot of gourmet chefs though say, or like there was all this Ask Reddit thing where they said like, "What's the trick?" And most of them just said it, it's more butter. Like that's the only thing that makes it mm. making it there. They're putting more fats into it and more salt Man. to make it more tasty. Which you're not going to do at home because you're aware of how much you're putting into mm-hmm. it. So they're kind of, you know, what I mean, that's that's what I learned is like I crave salt, and I was like, oh, I must need salt. No, it's another salt is like another drug. It, it releases serotonin mm-hmm. into your body. So what I realized is I was feeding an addiction and, and justifying it to myself why it was okay to eat that bag of chips or why it was okay to go after the salty food instead of eating something of actual nutritional value. Right. Because it tastes better. Right. Right. Easier. More yeah. unless, you're put, unless you're putting a dabble of salt on your eggs. That's just really good. And pepper. Well, yeah, I mean, little... some salt's good. I mean, you need sodium. Sodium's how your heart functions. It uses that to pulse and send blood to your body, but it's like everything else, moderation. It's how much you consume. It doesn't need to be right. on everything in bagfuls. There's a reason why French fries are covered in it. Yeah. Well, especially most stuff that you buy that's pre-prepared or frozen or already in something is packed in salt. It has so much salt in it. You know, it's a mean? Preservative. compared to what you right compared to what you would just make at home and where you're gonna just sprinkle a bit on top. You're not gonna cook it into it for the flavor. When we worked at Journeys back in the day, I would go to the gas station and buy a sandwich out of the deli every morning. And finally one of the cashiers that I was pretty regular with told me, hey, have you ever looked at how much sodium's in there? It was like 2400 percent of your daily value. And I was having that shit for breakfast every day, every day. What kind of sandwich was it? Uh, It was an Italian sub. Yeah. I've heard because of the salami, the salami and the pepperoni, the ham, ham is loaded with sodium. I have learned. It became a habit. It became a habit to you. Once you do it like two or three times, you gave yourself that this tastes good. You know, that's, that's, I forgot where I heard it, but someone said that to the fact is, yeah, it tastes good. It tasted good last time. It's going to take good it tastes good mm-hmm. next time. It tastes good. Great. What, what does that matter? You know how it tastes. Right. Body you know? loves routine. Yeah. Doesn't matter lo- what the routine is and if it's good for you or bad for you. It gets comfortable with it. Yep. That's where they say the only way that you can, you know, you can't get rid of a habit. You can't just stop a habit. And then you can, you know, 
change a habit. You have to change it. You have to replace it with a better habit, change it with a new routine. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do with my eating where I just went to the grocery store, bought a bunch of stuff that I'm going to have to cook. I'm going to have to meal prep. I'm nice. like, force I'm yourself. Mm-hmm. They offered me a donut at work today. And I told my uh, the owner that I was on a diet and he, he even made a joke to him. He's uh, like, he's like, Oh, this looks good. Donut. Uh, and, and I was just like, mm, yeah, but I didn't uh, go after a donut. I knew better. I knew I'm, I'm committed to the goal that I want for myself. And I, I've been that way before and I've fallen back on it. But the thing is, is this time something's going to be different. I'm going to try to stick to the habit. And I think that's the big difference is you have to have an eye on a prize. You have to have some kind of goal in your mind that is not other people. It can't be, I want to get in shape. So I look good for others. Or so I do this. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to get in good shape because I want to be in good shape for me. I want to be able to do the things I want to do. I want to feel good about myself. I want to do it for those reasons and not for others. You or, sound very selfish. It's and it's all a mental. But you need to sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are the ego driven goals that you know will better you for how you want to be. Yeah, that's where you use the ego for the better. And man can accomplish a lot when they're driven to do so. Yeah, that's that's where. The book, I was just reading this in the book that you got for me, Smokey, the, your brand is your stand is your brand. Your stand is your brand. And they talked about that, about selflessness. And they said that no real act is selfless. Anything you do, you gain from it in some way. You either gaining some kind of benefit, the feel good benefit Mm -hmm. or some aspect. And we get stuck in this mentality of always being so altruistic and that we do everything for other people and you can do stuff for other people without it being a sacrifice, without it being something that you're doing to diminish yourself. Like you can benefit and they can benefit at the same time. Mutual benefits. Right. That's the way it should be is mutual benefit. It's the way it used to be, right? Everybody mm-hmm. had a role to play in their community and they just did it. It wasn't pay. It was everybody survives because we're all doing things that we're good at doing. We need a leather maker. We need a tool maker. We need someone to cut wood. We, we, need, we need all these things for our community. A healer, uh, yeah. All of it. And Sorry. now we're at that point where <clears throat> there's 30 of every role in every city. Yeah. So who's the best and who's going to get the most people? And even in that city, you know, everything I mean, we, is competition. Yep. So much stuff doesn't even come from your own community. It's coming from, you know, outside. someplace outside your state, outside yeah. your country, somewhere else where you don't like, if, if, if everything shut down, you're not going to see a lot of the things that you normally see every day. Like I thought about that today with bananas. Like, dude, that's literally what just popped in my head. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's, that's coming from such a small portion of the world and everybody's got bananas in every store. Yeah. There's bananas in grocery stores. There's been gas stations. We are in Michigan. Bananas are so foreign to this place, but, but they're, they're not a staple. Here naturally. It yeah. is impossible to grow them here naturally, but they're a staple in most people's diet, which is just mind blowing. Uh, I mean, I have a banana almost daily. Right. Mm-hmm. And to think that someday that can just be gone. Yeah. Or even to think that one I day I wasn't think about that day. Right. That's, that's where that already kind of happened once. Like I, or at least this is what I heard is that artificial banana flavor, like banana runts and all these other artificial bananas is actually how a certain like species of banana used to taste back in the twenties. I want to say interesting. And then some certain, um, plaque, like bacteria or some kind of virus struck all this strain of banana and it, it's extinct. So we no longer ah. have that flavor of banana anymore. But so that's I, really the only f- way we can get that flavor. I vaguely recall hearing about something about this. So it's I, a, was, I always wondered why it didn't actually taste like banana. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not necessarily right there on banana. It still has like a banana hint, but it's not just like the same. Right. So you got to be careful becoming reliant or having having such high expectations for everything. Oh, that's just, that's what happens when you have expectations. You get let down. Yeah. You put your hopes and happiness in the hands of something that you don't control and 
you're guaranteed to be let down eventually. That's really the only thing you can have expectations for truly is yourself. You just have you you yourself of. situations. Yeah. yeah. You know, make sure you're setting good habits for yourself and moderating yourself. Like everything's okay in moderation. You know what I mean? If you're, we can dabble like right now I can't, eat junk food. I just can't have it in the house. I can't moderate myself like that. Like if I buy a pack of Oreos, they're gone in a day or two, just because I, that's what I've trained my mind. It's just, Oh, I need this. Dum, gum, 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 gum. You know, right. It's in the house and I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Dude, peanut butter pie Oreos. That's gone. huge. That's knowing yourself too, though. Like what you can and cannot handle. I did the same thing. It's, we were talking about drugs earlier, that vape pen that I have. You know, it's so convenient. It's right there. And I was doing it every day again after that month. And it's no, I took the whole thing. I ripped it apart the other day. Batteries out of it. Wires are broke. I don't have access to it now because I know I can't stop myself. I feel like a lot of bad habits blossom from convenience. It's, it's this easy, easy to go to easy solution. Like we, we talked about this with, with meditation and stuff is sometimes I crave an altered state of mind. I had a long day at work. I had all this stuff going on. I'm all stressed out. And I used to go to smoke some weed about it, or I'd have a beer about it. And, but now I don't like the, the next day effects and the repercussions of that, but it's, I could meditate, which I also know is beneficial, which only takes me five to 10 minutes. But for some reason, that seems like such a huge amount of my time to sit down and do nothing crazy part is it's probably the easiest way to go too. like what just, you were saying a second ago the path of least resistance is for the way i thought that we would go like everything else because it's convenience but that's literally sitting down on your floor and closing your eyes and breathing doesn't so talk about convenience time. yeah you can even choose where you get to sit down yeah right that's where it's, it's setting those new habits. That's where last night I, I meditated last night and I'm trying to do that. The first thing I want to wake up because I'm also having a hard time getting up. So I'm trying to create a new habit. Like what do I want to wake up for in the morning? What, what's going to get me out of bed as it used to be a cup of coffee and I don't do coffee much anymore. What's going to get me out of bed first thing in the morning to where I actually want to get out of bed. And so I sat up, I, I still hit snooze. I wanted to get up at six, but I didn't get up until like seven 45, eight, but even at eight, I just sat up in bed. I'm like, you're not even wasting it. You're, you're literally, all you're doing is sitting up and closing your eyes again. Oh, right. Do that. Start that new habit. And it felt good. And then I got up out of bed, made breakfast and got my day going. I used, to, I, those, right? Sorry. I used to be so good at just getting right up as soon as the alarm hit in the morning. It's like what changed, right? How do you how right. do you reestablish something that you want to do so bad, but your body it seems like wants to fight against it? Yeah, every night, every night, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna get up at six tomorrow. I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna get going, and then morning me is like, dude, this bed is comfy. <laughs> yep, and it's so hard to fight that feeling. It's like, what is the time that you this. normally get up? When you, you, your goal is six, what time are you actually getting up? 7.45, eight. Cause I know it's just enough time to get ready and go to work. <laughs> I get that. You got to work your way towards six. Don't just drastically jump at it. Start at seven. That's where I tried that today. Instead of doing six, I tried to set my alarms for seven. Cause I wasn't into bed early enough. Anyway, that's where it's working with yourself too. We're not, you know, we're humans. We have things that we need to make stuff happen. If you don't give yourself the tools to eat right, if you don't give yourself enough sleep, you don't go to bed at the proper time. It's hard to wake up at six o'clock if you're not going to bed until one o'clock in the morning. So yeah, you can't just expect those things out of yourself. So you have to set yourself up for success. And so I'm trying to go to bed earlier. I'm trying to get to bed by 11 midnight, but last night I wanted to read too. So something's got to give. So I had to stay up late and you know, read. So some people are able to do their reading late. I can't read late at night. It just puts me to sleep. It, it is a good like night ender. That's for happened me. to me several times that I've when especially not at night, but just reading and 
I don't know if it's the, it's, it's not, it can't be the material I'm reading. Cause I'm very interested in the material that I'm reading. I think it's just my body recognizing, Oh, Hey, this is an opportunity that I can hit you with some sleep real quick. Right. Do you use that though? Let's do it. Like that's where I'm reading is before I go to bed as the point that, cause I used to watch videos. I used to watch YouTube before I go to bed, watch Simpsons, watch something mindless. And that was my habit is I'd, I'd just feed myself with that and sometimes stay up because I'm like, okay, one more video, mm-hmm. one more video. I get but that. I'm trying to replace that with reading because it's content that I can choose. It's benefiting me by reading it. And if it makes me tired, that's a plus, right? It's helping the cause. Yeah, I These screens are really bad too. Right before you go to bed, the blue light. Yeah. So they say. I know I do a lot of my anime watching at night, and it <laughs> melts the brain enough, at least that I'll go out for a cigarette before I go to bed, and I wake up in the morning, and as long as I didn't have a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of drinks or whatnot, and good to go right that's that's where i felt i used to have to do too is is melt the brain and like sedate myself to go to bed or like distract myself to go to bed but even last night with it i used the last thing i read in the book which was i'm gonna butcher it it was what do i believe that's what it is what do i believe why do i believe it what am i going to do about it and that's a big message that he talks about in that book and I understand it, but I don't fully comprehend it. So that's what I just kept telling myself after I put the book down and shot the light. I kept playing it in my head. I kept playing that in my what head. Were, what were those three one more time? It says, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. Why do I believe it? That's what it was. What am I going to do about it? And I like that. That's setting the pace for for my mind and for my dreams and it's taking back control over my brain instead of letting my brain go wherever it wants to go and just feeding that, that side that wants to nullify it. I'm trying to direct that energy. I'm trying to take control over my situation. You guys ever feel like a lot of the stuff we're trying to figure out how to do as adults is stuff that we actually did in school, but then we graduated and we didn't have to do it anymore. So we stopped for a long time. Now it's relearning how to do those things. I think that a lot of stuff that you need to do on a daily basis is very basic in, in its, in, in its generalness of what it is. And as we have grown older, we've found simpler ways. We've also found more complicated ways and it just depends on who you are and what process you want to follow. I feel like I myself have been a lot more neglectful of the simpler tasks. Like, Oh, it's so simple and basic. I can do that whenever. And then mm-hmm. it gets put on a shelf and never gets revisited. Mm-hmm. It's as you get older, it's like that curtain gets pulled down and you realize that nothing really matters unless you, unless you decide that it matters, nothing really matters. No one's going to get, no one's going to yell at you. No one's going to get on you. There's repercussions for certain actions, but for the most part, it's not a problem until it's a big problem. Right. You know, you're, you, you can not brush your teeth all you want and it's not a problem until your teeth start falling out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You but go to the, too you go to the dentist point. and you have 30 plus cavities. You're like, oh, right. You get indentures. Yeah. Right. So I should have brushed my teeth. I should have done this. I should have done that. And it's that's. I'll oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's really what it is, is. Now that we're adults, we're seeing the repercussions of all of our bad habits that have continually been compounding over the years. Yeah. But it's, we're realizing it. So how can we use this realization to try to prevent any more things from compounding and make changes somewhere else to prevent things and just be more aware of what we're doing to ourselves? And only the select few are actually realizing it. There's still that population that they just don't care about it. They don't want to think about it. And they just continue to do it. Right. You right. Do what they want to do, right? Run it it'll, 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 yeah, it'll hit them eventually that point. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's some people are just, 
I'm here for a good time, not for a long time, you know, and it's, it's, I'm going to party. I'm going to make life fun and I'll deal with the repercussions when I have to deal with them. But I think the difference is if you're living through life to get through life, or if you're living through life to do something, if you have mm-hmm. a, if, cause I, before I was the same, I was just trying to get through life. I was just trying to survive. I was just trying to this, but now I've started setting goals for myself and things that I want to attain with my life. So now I don't want anything to happen to me. I don't want to be incapacitated. I don't want to nullify myself. I have stuff that I really want to do. That's good. And so I need to be fully here for it. And that's, that's where I feel like I'm finally taking control of the ship. I'm not just trying to make the ship float. I'm trying to make the thing speed. You right. Know? Like you're, you're actually having controlling the route that it goes. Yeah. You're navigating the waters. Yeah. We're not kids anymore. No. That's really another thing that you learn is it's you're driving. You're, you're in the driver's seat now. Yeah. You know, it's, I feel like when we turn 21, we say, yeah, I'm an adult. Now I can do whatever I want. And it's now in our thirties that we're like, shit, we're adults. We've got to do stuff. Right. I think it's because you look at that point when you're 21, you're like, the world is my oyster. Yeah. You hit, and you hit 30, depending on what your experience has been. You may have been wildly successful that when you hit 30, you're like, bring on 40, bring on 50. And then some people it's the opposite. And they're like, get me out. I don't want to make it to 40. I shouldn't say get me out, but just more of the mentality of I'm not happy with what I've done. That's where 60 used to, I think about this so much because I've been spending more time around people who are 60. And when I was 20, 60 seemed so old. It just seemed like 60 was this, like that's old age. That's like this grandpa age. And now it's like, that's not that old. It's not. not They're still working. They're still in the the apex of their business. Like thirties is, is, is your prime. From what I hear from a lot of people too, 30, 20, 20s is when you're figuring stuff out. You're getting Mm -hmm. stuff together. I thought twenties was when I was supposed to be acting and and establishing the whole spectrum of my life, but 20, you're still learning. You're still understanding the inner workings of the world and who you want to be and how you want to interact with it. And now thirties is our time to execute. And we're always going to be learning. We're always going to be changing, but we have that stability now and that self-reflection. Well, hopefully you do to, to actually interact with the world in a more decisive way, in a more focused kind of way. Right. You're, you're acting with a reason. You're not just going through the motions. And you're recognizing the role that you play in this universe. Yeah. Not even recognizing, I guess, is part of it because you are who you are but also deciding the role. Like you, you can pick any day of the week that you want to change your whole life around and dedicate yourself to mm-hmm. something. You can just decide that and go for it. You can go move to a different country, a different anywhere and decide I'm going to live like this. and I'm going to try to make this happen. Like you have the power to do that. And a lot of you people, want to, a lot of people, they just, once they, once they pull that trigger, that trigger's pulled and they got to go. Yeah. I think it goes back to a good, you know, you asked this put up to, or shut up. Yeah. You asked us to come up with our three strengths and our three weaknesses. And I'm thinking back to, you know, you're applying for your first job. How daunting those questions were when somebody asked you that, like, uh, uh, well, uh, I listen really good and stuff. And, you know, you work for a while in your twenties and then you finally come up with like, okay, I understand what I'm good at and where I struggle and where I can rely on other people and, how you can better utilize your strengths to benefit. Right. Your, your vision of good and bad is not the value that others see in you. It's the value that you now see in yourself. Yes. It's people may not appreciate me for this thing that I know that I'm good at. And I know that's beneficial, but I've seen an action that me being like this is beneficial. And just seeing it in action is enough to show you that it works. Right. It's it's kind of like when you're a teenager, you realize that your parents are just just normal human beings like everybody else trying to get by. And then when you're like 20s, 30s, 
then you realize that the world, nobody has any clue what they're doing. No one has any idea. And everybody's just trying to get through life and try to figure stuff out. And nobody has a clue. And as daunting as it's, it's scary at first when you realize that all these people just have no real idea what the How is to anything functioning? Is. Right. It's, they're just deciding and going for it and they're picking it up as they fail and, and making mistakes and trying to cover up mistakes. And that's life. That's how we do things. That's, that's our, our presidents, our political figures, our engineers, our everything are just problem solvers. And the better problem solver you are, the more further you're going to go. Right. And you can only become a better problem solver by making those mistakes, by struggling, by failing, so that way you can learn how to be successful. You got to be able to make the mistake in order to learn the solution. Exactly. Right. Sometimes it's, you can't even see the solution until the mistake's been hope, made. And you just yeah. hope that the mistake that you made doesn't necessarily have anything to do of someone else's health. Right. Or your own. And if it does, hopefully, you know, you make other people realize that that's the outcome of that situation. If you do it the things the same way that I just did things, this is the outcome that happens. This could be the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where you need those inputs though. You need, you need to interact with the world. And the more you check out and the more you take yourself out of the world and zone out, the less time you have to learn those lessons of the, of the failures. And every time and I spent so much time checking out, I spent so much time, getting by and my bad habits of, well, I'll do this because I, I just want to clear my mind. So I'm just going to do this to clear my mind instead of that stuff's not going anywhere. It's nope. in my mind. I have to deal with it. Otherwise it's going to be there. So every time that I ignore it, I'm just put kicking the can down the road is all I'm doing. No matter what you tell yourself, the world does not stop Mm-mm. just because you checked out. Doesn't mean the world doesn't just goes- magically stop and wait for you to check back in time goes in one direction there's there's no internal timeout i'm just gonna everyone freeze it's like that episode of rick and morty everyone's frozen in time and eventually we gotta let him out after some time right you ever feel overwhelmed like you're trying to catch up because you realize how long you spent checked out that's when i get overwhelmed because we've talked about this quite a bit where some all of a sudden this thing that was so simple is now this monster because you've you've kept putting it to the back burner. I'll take care of that later. I'll do this. Da, 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 da. And now it's this big daunting task that you don't even want to approach anymore. Right. It's become a monster. Especially when it has become a monster, but it has to get to a point that you don't just let it become a monster that eats you. Eventually right. you got to slay that beast. But if you keep checking out, when are you going to do that, right? Eventually, mm-hmm. the monster's going to check out with you. That's that's where we. Hey, they, let's all. You're going on vacation to Hawaii. Me too. Yeah, that's where scheduling is is something that we're taught since we're kids is really important. Is to schedule or you know schedule this, schedule this. Work is scheduled. School is scheduled. But we never really make schedules for ourselves. And that's literally I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought of it in that sense: is I need to set up days where I'm monster hunting. I need to set up days where I go through and seek out the things that are in the back of my mind in the back of my subconscious that are these big daunting things and at least go adventure in those realms and go like explore that monster for a little bit and try to take a couple of them out, you know, cause it feels so good when you do, it, it feels does. so good when you finally look it in the face, it's never as big as you thought it was mm-hmm. and you knock it out in 15 fucking minutes, something. You know, I was going through and, one of my and, own and journals and there's a quote always, in there that little bugs can cast big shadows too. I like that. I think you just put that as a quote the other day. I did. I put it in the discord because I found it in my journal. Nice. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our discord. Link will be in the description. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. But it is those, those little things that it snowballs and you, you turn them into these big monsters in your brain where it's not necessary. If you would have handled that day, no. we talk about this all the time, act. Instead of thinking, instead of when you have the idea to do something, to say something to somebody, to have an interaction, you have to jump at it. You thought for a reason from your ones and zeros that you're programmed into yourself to interact in that way. So don't second guess it. Act. 
even don't in just continue to do research on it. I mean, you do the research, right. you're prepared, but there's such a thing as over-prepared yeah. and that's called no action. <clears throat> Moderate your thinking. Cause there's a point mm-hmm. where thinking turns into overthinking right. and your good idea. You start telling yourself it's a bad idea. The more that you haven't done it to try it, you just continue to justify, Oh no, that's not a good idea. Oh no, that's not right. a good and idea. And then it's just, you're living in hypotheticals, right? Mm-hmm. And you never know for sure if you don't know how to do it or not, because you've never given yourself the opportunity to try. That's why you mm-hmm. have to take that initiative. You have to, pull that metaphorical trigger. Mm-hmm. That's where you got to overcome the fear. Fear is the biggest obstacle in that because fear is the thing that we focus on. We don't focus on the success. And in, at least I don't know a lot of times how it's going to feel when I finally do the right thing and how everything's going to work out and go all good. I'm thinking of all the things that could go wrong. I'm thinking of all the things that this could blow up in my face and that doesn't benefit you. You get, that's only scaring you. Things can always go wrong. Things could, probably will go wrong. Right. But what, do you, what are you going to do when things go wrong? It's because you know? we are a society that is driven by our fears. And that's why a lot of us have these temptations and have these things that we want to moderate and have all these things that we want to just have the most level balance that you can accomplish. Right. At the end of the day, there will always be trade-offs. Yeah. You trade one thing to do one thing and you got to be happy with the trade that you make. Cause you're the one making the decision. Right. At the end of the day, we, we get, since you said, you know, we're a society that's, it's fueled by fear. It's, it's because we're broadcast that as well. You know, that's the, one of the greatest descriptions that I heard from the news is fear porn. And it's, it's, it's another, it's a bad habit to get caught in the cycle of all these problems around the world and around, like, it's good to be informed, but to constantly consume yourself with problems and stuff that you can't control when you already have enough problems in your own life. It's going to bog you down. It's, it's like, it's like reality TV. You can, you can check aside your issues because it's like, well, at least I don't have as many issues as they do. At least my life isn't as crazy as their life. Wow. Can you believe how bad theirs is? Go deal with your crap. Stop paying attention to all theirs. It just justifies you having that pile of crap. You're like, you see the pile of crap that they have in their house. Look at my pile of crap. It's only a little bit of a crap compared to all their crap. Right. And it's, it's living, Comparing yourself to others, like when you try to compare yourself to others and that's how you're going to go through life, it's very defeating. Your biggest opponent should be yourself. You're you're never going to be satisfied. No, there's always, you're always going to find better. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like in video games, the ghost trials, you know, you're always chasing after your high score. That's what you need to be chasing after is your shadow to try to keep up with it or pass it. Everyone always just wants to get number one so they can put the three initials ASS. Right. <laughs> it's, and that's the thing is you're going to approach, you have your own isms. You have the own way that you approach an obstacle. If you watch someone else's ghost trial, they might take a different route. They might do different combos that doesn't, and you're going to be like, Oh, well, that's how you get by because you follow those combos. But the thing is, there's, there's probably a thousand different ways that you could beat that same level. Right. And it's, you got to trust in your instincts and how you're going to approach the world and live it in your reaction and your reflection. It's because as kids, we all had strategy guides to our video games. That's true. We were kind of babied with tips and tricks. (laughs) We were just (laughs) following what other people had already done. We didn't have the internet though. So not as much. I mean, we had it when we were adolescents, not when we were kids. Yeah. Even that though, At least we didn't. I even with manuals and, and, and strategy guides, I'm not gonna go look at that until I'm absolutely stumped. Yeah. I'm gonna beat my head against that wall a thousand times trying to figure out a way around it because I want to do it my way. <laughs> like however selfish that is, I want to do it my way and I want to figure it out because it's it's that more justifying. It it doesn't feel as good. When I'm like, okay, I did what it said in the book and exactly what happened, what was supposed to happen. That's not as, it's not as amusing. It's not as enthralling as I don't know what the heck's going to happen, but I just did this cool thing and this other cool thing happened. Like, 
that's surprising. Right. That's happy phenomenal. little accidents in the great words of Bob Ross. Yes. Good, good luck finding all of the skulls in Halo your own way. Yeah. <laughs> But that's where that's where some people though, because they do keep exploring, they don't think everything's been found. That's how people can find Easter eggs that have been hidden for twenty years. I mean, right. some of the ways that you had to make those skulls appear, it's like, who would have thought about this? Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have thought about this. I saw a video on YouTube and it told me this. But well, that person did that for some reason and found out about because it because right? they probably saw the video on YouTube, or they probably had to have gotten something. I don't know. A good example of that, which the the creators were actually kind of disappointed in, is that the ring the one where the rings where you had to jump to the oh, rings yeah. in a certain order and the creators had a whole plan behind it. It plays out like the halo theme. That's how you figure out the order to jump through them in, but that's not how it was found out. It was found out because people looked in the code and realized oh. that the rings associated with the, how the skull came out. And so they like did it backwards, not the way they intended. Reverse which, engineered it. Exactly. Uh. So they didn't find it even the way that the developers expected them to, but it wasn't by accident. It was, I mean, again, they found their own way of doing it. So how, how much can you, you know, look down on them for it, but. Right. Like if we looked at the code, would we know what we were reading? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Us 12, 13 year olds knowing what code is and how to read it. Even right now. I mean, I may be able to understand some of it, but. I wouldn't really know what I was like. How do you know that that's a skull? Does it actually say it in there? Oh, oh, that's what the Z means in between all the ones and zeros. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And they didn't even know when they found that out. All they knew is that the ring, I think if I'm remembering this correctly, all that the coders found out is that the rings played a part in the skull. And someone took that and said, okay, how can I make these two correspond? And then someone else found that there's a note that plays when you jump through every ring. And then, so it kind of came about in its own way from multiple different thought processes, which again is how humanity works. You watch how someone else approaches something. You don't have to approach it in the same way, but you can learn lessons from their experience. Exactly. And put your own little twist on it. Right. Instead of instead of just having your eyes open, actually paying attention to what you're looking at. Right. Yeah, that's a trick. It's one thing to see. It's one thing to know what you're looking at mm-hmm. and learn from others. I think that's we talked about that as much as kids. Like, oh, we were on top of it with kids. We had all these. We did all these good habits, or we were more on these habits as kids. But the thing is, is we didn't know that from experience as kids. We knew it because someone was trying to tell us something. Right. They told someone us we was, had to do it, or an yeah. adult was just yelling at us about it. Right. We we felt you're just trying to tell us what to do. You're trying to tell me how to live my life. And it's like they're trying to help you. They're trying to make you they're not have try- to do the yeah, same they're mistakes. Just, they're that just they trying did. to impart their win their their experience. They're not always right. And they're not always, you know, doing it in the best way. But they and most of the times they want you to do better than they did. Sometimes I wonder if they did actually explain it to us because I tried to do that with my kids. It's like, I don't want to just bark orders at you. I'm telling you to do something and this is why I'm telling you to do it, but I get the glazed eyes. So I'm wondering if maybe I did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we don't care back then. We don't see the repercussions down the road. Right. Same thing with school. We talk about this all the time. Like what if we would have focused more on school? What if we would have gave school more effort? We were invincible. We knew everything. At the same time, the experiences that I had, do I know how much they benefited me? I don't know. But the experiences I had screwing around and not always focusing on school, I met a lot of people. I learned a lot about myself and I had some experiences that I still remember to this day. But I also could have benefited by focusing more in school and dedicating more time to homework. Right. I dedicated a lot of time to my homework. (laughs) should have more i always just did it in class right beforehand if i did it and i think because of how busy i was growing up the the clubs and being in band bowling and scouts and just having all those different things we were always volunteering and doing stuff on the weekends i knew that i had to get it done during specific times otherwise it's i it was not going to get done and that wasn't allowed (laughs) That's and that's the different side of the coin for me is is 
my parents, you know, for the most part, focused more on leisure homework time. I remember we had a spot to do homework and especially with my brother, they were a little bit more focused on him getting his homework done, but I was good enough to where my grades were passing. I wasn't failing. So there was no dedicated time. Hey, did you get all your homework done? Hey, is all this done? It's right. They you know, didn't house chores. So there's nothing to worry about. Right. And they were more leisure oriented. We're, we're going to go, you know, fishing. We're going to go play horseshoes. We're going to go do like all these other things that are not education related, not club related, not sport event related. It was all these. Just something that you're spending time. Yeah. More leisure, leisure oriented Being in the moment, learning about each other and learning about yourself. Yeah. Which again, it's another way to learn. It taught me different lessons, but there's it's my it's moderation it's there's benefit to organization and there's benefit to chaos it's you can't always live it like life's not always organized so you have to be okay with living in the chaos you have to be okay with unstructured sometimes but structure is beautiful because you can do amazing things if you structure things out and actually act accordingly to the structure that you build yeah and then you respect the structure yeah because you built it uh, I don't know. Cause my sleep schedule is that way, man. Like I keep writing out a schedule, very structured, very detailed to the 20 minutes and degree. And because I wrote it, I feel like I don't need to use it anymore because I wrote it out. So I don't act on That's it. Odd. It is odd. It makes no sense to me. Got to give yourself that personal appreciation of what you did. And I should act have... on it. Exactly. So that it, you have a reason to give yourself it. Right. Do you have a, you read out, you read out, <laughs> you wrote out the schedule, but do you have a specific thing that you're doing with that time that you saved? Are you, do you have like, because I've saved this much time, I will accomplish this, this, and this thing. Well, that's what the schedule is, is I broke it down. I've got a Gotta whole pie chart and every section of this pie has a dedicated thing. Like this is what you're going to do during this time. And a specific thing that you're going to be doing a specific. Yeah, mostly. I mean, some of them are like listed as leisure time or family time or relaxed time. But most of them are like, yeah, read a book, like whatever book I'm reading at that time, play with this, mess with this, do this. Put your focus into this. I think it goes back to the meditation thing and that's, I need to get back on that bandwagon because replacing it with a bunch of other stupid habits that are my checkout times instead of actually focusing on the things that I want to accomplish takes it, it puts it in the blinders. You know, it's not the forefront. It's not the goal. It's not the focus. It's, it's on the shelf. It's sitting there. Right. But at least it's on the shelf and it's not on the floor. I mean, it's probably on the floor. The shelf's pretty full these days. <laughs> let's be honest. If, if we talked about this earlier is we only check out because we tell ourselves we need to check out. We only, we say we deserve that. We say, oh, well, I've, I've used my brain energy. So now I need to zone it out because that's just what I'm used it, to. It needs to recover. Yeah. How, how true is that? Humans, if anything, we're adaptable. We're one of the most adaptable species. That's what That's what's amazing about us. It is amazing how quickly we can adapt when we need to. Right. And not even when we need to, when we want to, as long as we're dedicated enough. When you really need to adapt, you can. Yeah. I mean, not to say that when you want to, you can't. But when it goes back to what we said earlier, when you have something that's driving something that you need to do, it's. It's almost like how if you're getting crushed by a boulder, all of your muscles and everything will recognize that this boulder is about to kill you and it will give you the strength to push it off of you. Right. Or do whatever it can to try to help you in that direction. And it just, I guess, I guess it just comes down to what, what can give you, what, what can put you in that fight or flight mode? I feel like we need need to teach ourselves that because I think that's the key right there. It's want and need. I want a million dollars. I want a nice car. I don't need them. I'm getting by without them. 
But if they were the means really to nice something to have, if they were a means to something bigger, if they were means that the thing that I want to accomplish in my life, that my soul needs to accomplish in my life, if I make that a need instead of a want, if I if I can program my mind to say that is not a want anymore, that is something I need to accomplish the goals that I want to achieve, that I need to achieve, then I'm gonna be more apt to go after it. Because it's it's a great to want. We can want stuff all day, but unless you really enforce it to yourself that this is where I'm going with my life, this is the thing that I need to accomplish, have that passion behind it. It's you're just gonna it's gonna be something that you want to do and it's gonna go on the shelf. Yep. That's why a lot of cool sales positions, you have mm-hmm. your goal in mind. Yeah. A lot, I, I operated a lot of the time without really having a goal. And eventually my boss started telling me to start having a goal for every month of number that you want to hit. Those are some of the best jobs that I did too, is the ones where you had sales goals because it gave you something to go after. It had some, yeah, some, at least something that you were looking towards. And you needed to hit it. Otherwise you get fired. Yeah. We talked about this recently Quotas. too. The simple thing that you can do for that every day, which I started doing one last night, I do it for work all the time, is a checklist. It's it's a simple thing. It's literally writing down the things that you know in your mind, but you're like, oh, I know them. I know what I need to do today. But writing it down on a piece of paper and checking it off and having a physical formation of the things that you want to achieve in a given day, in a given time period it's, it's more tangible. It's real. It's something that you've, you've taken to the time now to write down and manifest and you have to look at it and you have to look at your failures. You have to look at, well, I didn't do that. And I didn't do that. What did I do? Right. That's where it comes down is what did I do? Mm-hmm. Brushed my teeth. Better than I'll, blank. I'll add that. If I, if sometimes if I'm working on a checklist, and I get distracted and I do something, but it's something that I needed to do, something that's beneficial. I will add it to the checklist and then check it off. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's, what it's there for. It's on my schedule for my sleep schedule. Yeah. It's, it's huge. It's, it's giving value to the things that you value. Instead of looking for other people to tell us the things that we need to be doing and looking for other people for direction and looking for other people for how to live our lives. We have to establish our own morals, our own set of rules and expectations for ourselves that we live by not to hold other people to. We can't control other people. All we can control is ourselves and set expectations for ourselves. You have to tell yourself to do the things that yourself needs to do. But if you don't set expectations, you're always successful, right? Yeah. I mean, depending. life's a gr- life's just amazing. I'm seeing rainbows. Again, that's, I guess that's a form of checking out and the stuff you do put off does still keep adding up in the background. It does. And eventually feel- you'll turn around and see it. That's what I feel sets you more to fall into temptations. If your yeah. goal is, if your goal isn't clear, like I said, with, with the eating thing, I can lie to myself all I want, but the only thing that made me not lie to myself is, Lying to myself isn't going to make me lose weight. Lying to my body nah. isn't going to make it, it it not consume as many calories. That's not that's not the science of it. That's not the physics of it. That's not how it's going to work. So what is it accomplishing by lying to myself? I'm only hurting myself. It's you got to if your goals are good enough and you really believe your goals, your temptations aren't going to matter because you know they're bullshit. It all just yeah becomes yeah. noise. It's, it's the same thing with smoking weed and drinking is I, I, I wish that I enjoyed drinking and smoking. Like I used to, I wish they reacted with me like they used to. I, I, I literally have weed in my house for just in case I want to smoke. And before I like after dry January, I was tapping into it once a week, every, no, first time it was every like two or three days. It's like, Oh, I need to smoke weed. But then the day or so after I wasn't getting my stuff done, I was just not on it. My anxiety was off off the charts. And so I, the more and more time I was like, Oh, one plus one equals two, one plus one equals two. And I realized to get the things done that I want to get done. This is what's getting in my way. This is the thing that's being the distraction. This is the thing that I'm in a moment of weakness. When I'm irritated, when I'm frustrated, I turn to it, but it's detrimental to the next 
multiple days. It, it shuts me down for that night because I'm just distracted and out of it. And then my anxiety is rampant where I don't feel like I'm truly myself to I'm myself, of course, but I'm not on my game. You know what I mean? I'm not running on all cylinders, which at this point in my life, I need to be for what I want to do. Hey, emotions just, play a huge role into the temptations. You give into temptation a lot more when you're especially thinking more emotionally. When emotions are behind them. Yeah. So it's irritation, frustration, anger, sadness. Anything looks good because it's an escape, right? Yep. In that moment. You release, you release that serotonin that gets yeah. you into that euphoria. It's, and then the bad thing's gone. For now, mm-hmm. for now, that's usually it comes it back is. in an hour. It's it's when I was having that frustrating call earlier. Like I wanted to snack, I caught myself. I was like, I want a snack. Or when I when I'm at work and I'm working on a project and I'm stuck. I'm like, oh, I want a snack. I want. I need some gratification. I'm stuck at an impasse, and my body feels like everything's negative. So I feel because like your I'm, brain needs food. No, that's not the truth. That's not always the truth because I'm full. I had a meal. I can be sustained. I have enough, I have enough calories in my body to sustain it. I'm eating to feed the serotonin. I'm eating to give myself that ooh gratification. And it's not always necessary. I'm, I'm trying to distract myself from the struggle that I'm running into from the, from the thing that I'm unsure of. If you do cave to that temptation and get yourself just like a small little, like, fruit nut cheese snack per se something that's not unhealthy but healthier does that help it does but how i'm doing it is that structured out i know when i i know how much i need to eat and i know i have times planned when i'm going to eat it so the thing is is i'm not trying to I'm not trying to use the food as an escape no more. I, food is just an energy source. That's all there is. Right. All I need it for is to give me the calories to do the things that I need to do. I don't need it to escape. I need to do, I don't need to sit there. If you I don't took need that to time, escape. right. I don't need to sit there. And if I took the time that I'm going to go eat that snack or focus on that other thing or go whatever, and just power through that little piece of shittiness that's going on at the moment, I'll be over it. It'll be done. It's not, a. it's again, that monster in the closet that you're trying to freaking it's going to get bigger if I, if I leave it alone. So I just need to sit there, power through and get over it. Cause it's, it's done. Like the, all the, the there's a projects I'm working on work with the marketing and all this stuff. That's been this big anxiety on my mind and I'm over the hump. Now I'm over the hump of this big, scary monster. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was just because I never experienced it anymore. And it kept wanting to push me away from it, but all I needed to do was give it more time. I needed to dedicate the time to it. Nothing, nothing else was going to solve it besides doing it. It's not going to finish itself. No one else is doing your homework. No. And the nuts that you're going to go eat in place of it, they're not going to do it. No. They're all they're going to do is make me feel better for a moment. And then I'm going to come back. I'm back exactly where I was but with more calories in my body or more of a distract in my body or something else that, which is just going to bring you down further on yourself because right. now, now you're weak and you broke and yeah. you're still not done with this thing. Right. And if in the opposite side, if I don't break to that and over accomplish my goal, then I've just won two battles. I've, I've overcame my, you know, I've had used my own self-control and I've defeated a monster. Mm-hmm. I just leveled up. Right. You know? Double experience. Hopefully. Right. It's, it's those little wins. And it's, that's where I think another thing that helps out with that is self-appreciation and reflecting on your wins, reflecting on the, just cause you beat something doesn't mean don't dwell on it. Don't live in your past victories, but acknowledge them. Right. Look, to, look forward to the future victories mm-hmm. that you're going to have. But yeah, appreciate your other ones. It's, it's, it's always on to the next thing. The little things add up to be big things. They do. And every win is little because it's only in a moment that it happens. Right. 
Your next win should always be bigger because it's another, you've, you've mastered that. Now it's onto something bigger and mm-hmm. grander and bigger and grander until you're you doing these going. amazing things. You can be someone that's going to continuously working towards making yourself better. Or you can be someone that is going to be happy with where you're at and doesn't see yourself as wanting to continue learning, making yourself better. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where some, sometimes I do, I, I, I envy people who could be happy with complacency. I know I'm almost the same way these days, it's, especially it, seeing some people that are just stuck in their ways. And it's like, I, we have a different frequency. I just, I can't find myself just getting complacent. Right. But they're, they seem happy. I don't know if it's true happiness, but sometimes they seem happy that this is their routine. This is what they do all the time. They're not moving forward, but they're not moving backward. That's what it is. They're not moving backward. Yeah. I found another entry in my journal about this. When did it become the social norm to find the thing that you want to do every day, day in and day out and just be complacent where you are? I remember reading that journal and reading that phrase. I think if it's your passion, that's different though. Yeah. Because we've talked about this too. If I found a job like doing the agents of guy and doing cleanup, if I can make that a habitual thing, I course I will probably always want to grow it and get more people into it. But if I can live within my means and do something that I truly enjoy every day and I could find something that pushes that button, I feel like I could be happy in that. Is that true? I don't know. Cause I've never that's experienced all it. happiness should take. I feel like yeah. that's the difference though, is you wouldn't do the same thing every day. You'd get bored and you'd find new ways to make it better yes. and better where yeah. there's a lot of people who are just, yeah, this is what I do. I do this one thing all day. I go home and I do whatever I want. And then I go back and do it the next day. Yeah. Yep. They've, met- they've taken on the identity of their career. Mm-hmm. I've met people who just enjoy pushing for CNC where all they do is a CNC operator where they load the part, push the button, wait five minutes, take it off, load the part, push the button. And they love it. They love it. I had to do that job for half of my day once. And it drove me insane. It, yeah. Because it's so, so it's mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, other that's people, part of the reason why I don't necessarily want to work in a factory because of how mechanical everything is. Some aspects aren't you know, depending what it depends what area you are. Some places mm-hmm. are more, and it can be because when you're working on a project, you're doing maybe 30 of the same unit. So yeah. it's fun for the first five. But now you understand it. You've mastered it. Okay. Do, 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 done. Do, 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 done. Do, 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 do. When can we move on to the next thing? Right. Right. And anything is what you make of it, right? Like even just being a press operator, somebody who runs a stamping press. Yeah. You, you let the parts come down you make sure the parts are good, but you can look in there and get an idea of how this thing is getting made throughout the process instead of just focusing on the finished product. True. You get a better understanding of how it gets to that point. Understand the machine more and hone it. That's there's working at the bowling alley. One of the mechanics said that is that the more time that he spends working on his machine and cleaning his machine and making sure it's up to operation beforehand, the less work he's got to do later, the less work he's got to do on calls and going back to it mm-hmm. it's because he understands and knows what his machine needs and what it wants yep. because he spent that time. He could just sit around and do nothing. He could just sit there and, and take the calls and fix the problems as they're coming, but he spent more time understanding it as a whole. So he doesn't have to do the work later mm-hmm. because it's way more stressful just being reactive. Right. It's a Greg quote, work smart, not hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And That's that can be I, seen as laziness sometimes, but I feel like it's, I mean, laziness is sometimes a there. I think there's a difference between a laziness on, let me, hmm, I think there's a difference between a laziness out of previous effort and laziness out of no effort. Mm-hmm. Like strategical laziness. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's, I like that. So working, Str- you're just strategical laziness. Mm-hmm. 
It's working so, and harder I feel now, like that's what a lot of us probably do to a degree. We know what the minimum is for our job and we know how to get there as quickly and as slowly as possible. Mm-hmm. And then you have everyone that just kind of goes in between on, am I going to lol through this day and get all my stuff done? Or am I going to be an overachiever today? And am I going to give my best effort and I'm going to show them why they got me? That, that goes back onto ourselves too. What we were talking about earlier is setting yourself up for success, making sure that you do the pre-work and feed yourself the right things. Make sure you're not giving into bad habits. Make sure you're moderating yourself so that when the time comes, you've already set all your checks and balances. Life's still going to throw you curveballs, but for the most part, you set yourself up to succeed when the time comes. You've aligned your goals. You've set your focus. You've knocked out all the outliers. You know that's that's where I'm trying to do right now. Is I realized I was trading off addictions to some point. I stopped with the cannabis and the drinking, and I, now I'm dealing with my food. And whatever addiction that I realize comes after that is the next thing that I'm going to have to deal with. But eventually they'll all be snubbed out and I'll be left with just myself. And then that's all I have to work with. I don't have to work and worry about patching all these holes all over the boat. Yeah, eventually, eventually you realize you just got to upgrade your boat. Everything you do now, every action you take directly affects future you. Mm-hmm. Every a, action. A, a patch is only going to get you through a period of time. Yep. Right. But a full system upgrade. Now you're cooking with gas. It's what you do in moments of weakness that truly define you. It's, it's what you do when, when you feel at your lowest point and when you feel down and out, the decisions you make then. How do you set react? The pace. What type mm-hmm. of person are you? Right. It's that last moment push. That is deep. And yet it's still so simple. It's ridiculous how simple that is. Like it's pay attention to yourself. It sounds selfish, but it's listen to yourself, listen to your needs and listen Mm -hmm. to your thoughts. Don't just be trying to pay attention to what other people are doing. Right. Actually pay attention to what you're doing and pay attention to how it's affecting you. And sometimes being selfish can make you better for others. Do we think that being selfish is only benefits us? But sometimes when you really focus on yourself, you can set a better example for the world around you mm-hmm. and be a better person for the world around you. You can only do that if you quit looking to others for answers. Yeah. For all the you answers can. you're looking for. Yeah. Be you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you continuing trend here right always comes back to the same it's just how long is it going to take us to learn that freaking lesson right it's one thing to talk about at least we know it's there right first step is recognition yeah i feel like i recognize it so well it's like the back of my hand but i still don't understand it right what what was the second step again (laughs) 